Well, the Pac-12 media deal hasn't dropped yet, and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Amazon could be a partner in there. Is that a problem? Eh, probably not. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day for watching on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And no, people watching on YouTube, I did not intentionally pick a shirt. Avengers always repping that matches part of the uh, little banner with my name on it here. It just worked out that way. But the Pac-12 media deal has not yet worked itself out. We are still waiting to hear what the details will be, how much it'll be. I mean, we don't know anything, right? It's been very quiet on this front for quite some time, but there's long been speculation, and I've talked about it many times here on the show, about Amazon being involved, which I think could make a lot of sense because it's a sort of new new world approach for for media and sports to have a streaming partner like that, right? They've got the exclusive rights to Thursday Night Football. That's their first instance in which they've dipped their toe into the water of sports. I think it's really possible with Amazon and, and why I think this could be a good opportunity for the Pac-12 that we look back in 10, 15 years and say, hey, remember when they were just starting out, look at where that is now, right? I mean, at some point in time, ESPN Plus was really, really new and hardly anyone was involved. Now you look at the college sports circuit and a bunch of conferences, mid-major conferences and the Big 12 and SEC, I I think as well, put a lot of their sports on there, a lot of their secondary sports in addition to to primary ones. So it, it has that sort of potential, but I did get an interesting question that I want to dive into. Uh, this comes from Craig Kirsch on YouTube, which is one of the three ways you can get a question answered here on the show. Drop a YouTube comment, ask me a question at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12 on Twitter. I'm responsive any and all of those ways. He asks, if the pack goes stream goes all streaming, it's my opinion that the schools in the pack will have an extremely difficult time scheduling out of conference home games against other power five schools. I don't see why, say, LSU would schedule a road game knowing many of their fans won't be able to watch it since it will be only on Amazon. This could cause major problems for the pack. Heck, maybe some G5 schools won't want to schedule them either unless they get a return home game. What do you think, Spencer? So one thing to remember with the out-of-conference scheduling in, in college football, it is one of the most broken aspects of the sport. I could give you an elegant 30-minute soliloquy on why it's so messed up, or I could just give it to you in you know, about 10 seconds. Ready? Here we go. There is no sense or logic, and it is not good for anyone at any level to know who your biggest non-conference opponent or opponents are going to be eight to 10 years from now. Okay, good. We got that out of the way. So those things have already been set in place, and, and I am not up to date with all the legal jargon because I haven't read those sorts of contracts and arrangements, nor am I a lawyer, so I won't get into it. But you'd have to understand first what the broadcasting guarantees are when those games get scheduled, right? So no matter which team 
in the Pac-12 you are a fan of. If you look in at, at, at future schedules for your team, you can see who the non-conference opponents are going to be. Where those games will be broadcast, I don't think is is set in stone. And I'm unclear if there are requirements as to what network or broadcasting service it has to be a part of so that everyone's fans can can have access to it. A lot of people do have Amazon Prime, but it is not everybody, right? Whereas everybody can, for instance, reasonably watch ESPN. Like, do you know anyone who doesn't have an ability to watch an ESPN channel, right? Or access that particular uh, television network package or Fox or CBS or ABC or anything like that, right? So that that's the advantage there of, or I don't know if advantage is the right word, but that's the, that, that is the caveat there that if you go streaming heavy, you, you do potentially run into that issue. But w- when I've talked about Amazon here on the show and what I do think is, I'm a fan of Amazon being a part of it because I think you can actually access more people. You can have more interesting time windows and put games in front of eyeballs that haven't had a lot of access to the Pac-12 under the previous media rights deal in the Pac-12 network, which is not as accessible. Like Amazon Prime reaches more people. Don't know if it reaches more college football fans per se, but it certainly reaches more people than the Pac-12 network does, just in terms of pure subscriber numbers. And it's not particularly close. And my guess would be you'd have a greater ability to reach college football fans in that front. But his question, Craig's question, is if the Pac goes all streaming. And though, though I recognize that as an option for the conference, I don't know that going all streaming is the best way to go because I think there still is a really strong presence of those cable networks and the ability to be on national TV and in those sorts of primetime games on Fox or, uh, or or ESPN. I think there is still a lot of value there. I think a hybrid approach is probably the best way forward. That That's just my thought on the matter. I'm not a media rights expert or anything of the sorts. However, if the pack went all streaming, I don't think that that would necessarily rule out that they would play these non-conference games on the traditional broadcast cable networks because, like you said, other fans are probably not going to agree to that. And I don't think it would be the requirement, right? When you're talking about having a streaming partner, you're looking at doing that primarily for the conference games, I imagine, because you can't force, or I, I don't know, maybe you can, but I don't think you can force, nor would you want to, I don't think, other schools into the position of, hey, we're going to put your game on Amazon Prime because a Pac-12 team is involved, right? So the Pac-12 you know, media rights deal is about games for conference games, right? The non-conference games are kind of their own entity. They get negotiated in their in their own sort of way. And I think the conference, or not the conferences, the, the networks kind of look at the games and, and say, hey, we want this one, we want that one, or, you know, we want to feature this matchup and that matchup. And, you know, if the Pac-12 says, no, we're going all streaming, then we're just not going to be on ESPN or Fox ever. I, I don't see how that's an advantage for the Pac-12 because you want as much exposure for your teams, your programs, and student-athletes as you possibly can. But I, I, w- I would imagine that if Amazon becomes a heavy player in the Pac-12, I don't think that's going to affect the non-conference slate as much because 
those those games have already been arranged and and those networks also probably want those games and i don't think the pac-12 should you know drive a hard bargain necessarily and say no we 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 will only put a pac-12 football team on amazon i I don't think a world like that is is going to come around even if they are streaming heavy heavy but it is why i think that they will that they will have some sort of hybrid partnership there because of everything that that i've laid out but those non-conference matchups years and years and years into the future. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I wish they would do it on a year-by-year basis. I think it'd be better for everybody involved, little school, big school, whoever, and fans as well. But I, I am unclear, and you'd have to ask someone who's more tapped in than me to the workings of those arrangements as to whether or not there are requirements about this game is going to be on the Pac-12 network or this game is going to be on ESPN or Fox or, you know, whatever. But a non-conference game is never on the Pac-12 network unless it's a bye game, you know, where a team is playing like an FCS school to beat them by 40 and just put up a win and put fans in the stadium and whatnot. So I wouldn't worry about that. But I think that's a really, really interesting question. And one thing I'll be fascinated to see uh, you know, when, whenever the media rights deal gets announced, which based on the information we've been given probably within the next month or two, I, I would guess, right, early 2023 was kind of the last that uh, we heard on that front. Uh, another one of you has a fascinating question about rosters, which I think is a really important thing for people to hear. And I will tell you about it after I tell you about the delicious, wonderful treats that are Built Bars. If you want a treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to get a Built Bar. Or, I don't know, a dozen or so because they're amazing. I got a bunch sitting in my in my pantry right now. I've always got some in my golf bag to fuel me up on the course because they're delicious, covered in 100% real chocolate, bunch of different flavors. Healthy is actually tasty with Built, and they are fantastic. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie. I mean, you keep going up and down the list of flavors they have. It's really, really excellent. Head to your Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. You can also get them at Sam's Club and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. You can also check them out at built.com, but whatever you want to do to get a healthy, delicious treat, go check out Built Bars today. All right, another question. Love the questions, by the way. Absolutely love them. Three questions driving the show. Uh, Molly Klum, again via the YouTube comments, asked, and I think this is really relevant right now with all the transfer portal and signing day and players leaving, coming and going. Can schools revoke scholarships, aka cut, players to make room on the rosters? Or once a player is signed, is it good for the length of their eligibility? For example, Oregon has too many scholarship players on the roster right now. What do they do to get them down if players don't transfer? I again will say I am not a legal expert here, but I did have a friend who went through this kind of situation. He was playing uh, golf in in college at a uh, at, at a non power five school, but it's the same sort of thing. So when a school offers you a scholarship, they cannot revoke it unless they have probable cause to do so, or a very, and I mean a very very legitimate cause. Once a scholarship has been given to a college athlete, it's really hard to take it away. You have to do something 
really, really wrong. That's probably getting you expelled from school, you know, something really, really bad like that. Otherwise, that is essentially a binding contract. They cannot just pull it away, even if you, you know, are not having the sort of athletic career that you wanted to. It is not like the NFL. Players cannot be cut. A school cannot go into a contract, go, go into it like it's a contract negotiation because it is not. Once you sign your national letter of intent, you are committing to go and play athletically for that school in whatever sport you choose. But if you have been given a scholarship, that scholarship cannot be taken away. Now, the way that coaches manage these sorts of situations, situations because she's right, Oregon is, I think, over the scholarship limit right now. They do have to whittle it down because of, of Title IX. You have to have an, an even number of men's and women's scholarships on, uh, on, on campus for all of your athletics programs. What they will do often is either have an inclination that certain players are going to leave or this is speculative on my part, but I don't think a ridiculous speculation. They will basically go to players and say, look, this is probably not the best place for you if you want to have a lot of playing time. Now, they cannot force that kid to leave, right? A kid entering the transfer portal and you know, returning the scholarship to the university, that is on the student athlete. That is his or her choice in whatever sport you're talking about here. That that's that's his or her choice to do that. But the school cannot say, yeah, we need to open up a scholarship slot, so we're taking yours away and giving it over here. But what coaching staffs I imagine will do is say, you know, we'll sit a kid down and say, look. We think you're a good player. We think you did all this sort of stuff, but this is not the best place for you to maximize your playing time. And we'd fully support you if you, you know, sought options elsewhere, right? But do they have the authority to go in there and say, no, we, he's not working out. We're cutting him, pull a scholarship, give it to somebody else. They cannot do that. That is a very key distinction between the professional and college sports. It's, it's a very, very important thing. And so that question uh, came in and I, I wanted to, clear that up as best I could. If I'm missing anything in there and any of you have any insight, by all means, hop in the YouTube comments and and let me know. But my understanding based on just knowledge accumulation and a friend who went through that sort of process, uh, it, it's, it's not something that they can very easily take away, even if they want to, right? E even if they want to, it's really, really hard. You need a very, very high standard that you have to meet to... To, to be able to take away a scholarship from a player. But with all the portal stuff uh, bouncing around, uh, I, I thought that was worth going into. Final question today here on the show, which is uh, optimistic to say the least. Uh, Paono HB, I don't know how you got that name. Let me know. I'm curious. I'm always curious how people come up with their uh, you know usernames on online and such. Uh, he also hopped in the YouTube comments, which I monitor daily. Great way to ask me a question. Ask me whatever you want about any team, and I will always answer it here on the show. What do you think of poaching TCU and adding SMU? <laughs> um, the, the SMU potential is, I think, very real for for the pack, but I, I'm, I don't know if they would do it without having another team in the state of Texas, which is why you'd probably say, well, what do you think of, uh, of poaching TCU as well? The proposal goes on. The Pacific Division would be Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, 
and San Diego State. The Mountain Division would be Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, SMU, TCU, and and UTSA. You see through UTSA in there as well. Um, well, <laughs> and then the, he wraps it up with, uh, this looks legit for the Pac-14. Three Texas schools, be like the old whack. This would be my dream scenario. It, it it would be pretty it would be a pretty dreamlike scenario for the back as well to just you know snag a team that is about to play in the national championship game. Uh, what do I think of that idea? I think it sounds exciting and intriguing and would set up the conference for legitimate long term viability. Is this going to happen? Sadly, no, not in a million years. Yeah, that's just that that's not going to happen because TCU is in the Big Twelve. They're playing in the national championship game. The Big 12 is not about to allow arguably their most valuable team going forward now that they're playing in this game, or at least in this very moment. That might not be true in the long term, but they're not going to allow them to get poached. And the Big 12 just locked in its media rights deal. So I, I do like the mindset, though. And this is this is the biggest reason why I included this question in the show today, because that mindset of being aggressive and going out and taking something or poaching a team or trying to, you know, grab the bull by the horn, so to speak, is what the pack was lacking in the past with Larry Scott at the helm. They got complacent. They didn't think they needed to make any changes and such. And as a result, USC and UCLA said, we've got a better offer over there. And they're, you know, blowing it up and saying, nope, we're going to go over here. And now the pack is left scrambling for the best options that it can find, which, as we've talked about here on the show, are there. There are some very real candidates, SMU among them. I, I don't think it's impossible at all that in a couple months I'm able to come on here and say SMU will be one of the next teams to join the Pac-12. Do I think it's likely? No. Possible? Yes. So that sort of mindset would have been great several years ago. I mean, if they'd gone out and gotten like TCU and... I don't know, Baylor or somebody else from the Big 12 like that, then we're probably not looking at the Pac-12 the way we are right now with the two LA schools leaving because the conference would be perceived as stronger. You'd be dipping into Texas in a strong way. So I do like uh, that that mindset there. Um, I mean, I, I would be over the moon if <laughs> if somehow they were able to go get TCU. And by the way, he's just throwing out an idea and I don't think that this is going to come to pass. However, if I am George Klyovkov, and I'm looking at this conference right now and saying, well, right now we're sitting at 10 teams. Do we stand pat at 10? Do we add San Diego State? And do we look at like an SMU? What about Fresno State? What about UNLV? What about Nevada? What about a lot of different directions they could go. At the very least, at the very least, and this is going to sound ridiculous. And some of you, if you're not a Pac-12 fan, first of all, thanks for watching the show here on the channel. But if you're not a Pac-12 fan, it'll sound kind of homerish. And guess what? That's kind of what I'm paid to do here in, in, a, in a way while keeping it as intellectually honest as I can. If I'm George K, I'd pick up the phone and I would call teams at the Power 5 level and I'd make them say no. I would make them say no, because here's the thing. Even if that leaks out, George Klyovkov or the Pac-12 contacted TCU about joining the Pac-12. 
in what way does that make the league look bad? Oh, well, they said no. Well, everyone already thought that the pack wasn't going to expand. And now you just put that thought in people's mind like, wait, they're picking up the phone and just calling teams that other conferences think they've got locked down that, that, that they're sought like, like, wait a minute, right? This whole time. And this is the mentality I was talking about when, when I started this segment. The whole time that this conference realignment talk has been happening, hasn't it felt like the Pac-12 has been playing defense? Isn't that what it seemed like? And whoever they end up adding an expansion, whether it's one of the teams I mentioned or someone else who's you know flying under the radar right right now, we, we don't know, right? Maybe Boise State in there, Fresno State. I, I don't know, like right cross that bridge when we come to it. Hasn't it felt this whole time? Like everybody else has been the aggressor. Like the Pac-12 is just on the defensive constantly. So yeah, is it far-fetched to say TCU would join the Pac-12? Probably. Would I pick up the phone and call them anyway? Yeah, I would. I would. What, like what? what's the harm? Oh yeah, TCU doesn't want the Pac. Well, that's the perception that everyone already has is that nobody wants the Pac-12 anyway. So I don't think you're feeding into some narrative there that is going to be cataclysmic for the perception of the Pac-12 right now. You, you got to make some sort of move that gives the... Because the perception of the league is far worse than the reality. Far worse than the reality. It's not even kind of close. The Big 12 is not perceived as disastrous, as a sinking ship. It's not the Titanic of conferences like the Pac-12 is. And and yet, the teams that are in there, the TV viewership numbers that they draw, the brands that are in there, the quality of teams that are in there, it's not that different than the Pac-10, right? Without Oklahoma and Texas, who are your two biggest brands, they play your, the biggest game in the league every year. Like, what's the biggest game in the Big 12 going forward? What's the biggest rivalry game? Uh, Bueller, Bueller. I I don't know. I know what it is in the Pac-12, and every conference should have that sort of game. The SEC has got a bunch of them that has natural that has national interest. In the Pac-12, it's Oregon and Washington. It's a heated rivalry against two story programs that are really good. In the Big Twelve. I don't know. TCU and to have a big time rival. I don't know. Kansas State. <laughs> it's like. You go up and down the Big 12 and say, are they in that much better of a position? I'd argue the answer is no. But because of the way the Pac-12 has been discussed for the last decade or so, and because they haven't made the playoff in a lot longer than the Big 12, obviously, who are playing in the national championship game on Monday, the overall perception and therefore the narrative that gets driven is the Pac-12 is way worse off. And maybe I'm off the mark here and the media rights guild gets announced and the, the big 12s is just way, way higher than the pack. Like, is it, is it going to be? Cause if you can be comparable to the big 12, that's above the ACC. And then no one can look at you and say, Oh yeah, the league is in a place where they can't, they can't be competitive. They can't be relevant. They can't do this, that, and the other thing like, yeah, top teams in the big 12 going forward, TCU, We'll see how flash in the pan that that is this year, which I imagine there's a component of that, but that's a good program. We know what they can be. Oklahoma State, hit and miss. (laughs) Baylor that pulled back in a major way this year, lost their bowl game to Air Force. Like, are those your bell cow programs? 
BYU let down this year. Cincinnati just lost Luke Fickle, Houston, UCF. Like, I, I think the Big 12 is in a fine place, but to say it's in a much better place than the Pac-12 and that it's not worth at least picking up the phone and calling some Big 12 teams and saying, you want to come over here? Because if you were to somehow, let's say a miracle happened, and I'm going to emphasize a million times for all you YouTube commenters who are mad at me already for this particular take, it is a long, long shot. You know, like a 5-7 and seven TCU team making the national championship game. It's a long shot that you could call two Big 12 teams and they would bail on the conference. It's not unprecedented, though, where teams have committed to a particular league and then they decide to jump ship and go somewhere else. But if you get a one in a thousand hit of, let's just say, TCU and Baylor and you go to the pack, that's a loaded league. That's a loaded. That's all I'm saying. The worst they can do is say no. I'd pick up the phone and give them a call. Appreciate the questions, everybody. They are fantastic. Keep them rolling about media rights stuff, conference negotiations, expansion, whichever team you're a fan of, ask it all. Appreciate all of you listening. See you next time. Enjoy the national championship game on Monday. Have a wonderful rest of your day.